The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is using intuition and synchronicity to create health. Have you ever trouble with a problem in your life and didn't know how to make a solution? Did you ever have this feeling of blah, unhappiness and had to make a decision but didn't know which way to go. If events kept happening around you, accidents, weird things, and you didn't know the meaning, today is your day because we're going to discuss using intuition and synchronicity to figure out how to navigate life. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to make decisions with insufficient information, which is my definition of intuition. Every day, we get more and more information. You get on Instagram, oh my God, there's a person there with a cucumber um, peeler. How did I survive without a cucumber peeler? Then there's some kind of new report about the health benefits of coffee. And the next day, after you've now gotten coffee, and you're sitting there sipping your coffee, and the next day it says, oh my God, did you see the the latest study? Coffee is bad for your health. So you got a cup in your hand, and you're like, I don't know how to make a decision. How do you make a decision? More and more and more information is coming at you. Just getting diet plans versus Mediterranean, that's the ketogenic. And then there's the caveman diet. And then there is the paleo diet. And it goes on and on and on. How do you make decisions? You go to one doctor, one physician, one practitioner, they tell you to do this. The other one says, do that. And ultimately, you're left unearthing more and more information. You go to the libraries, you go to the websites, they all argue. And sooner or later, with you have to go with, well, what they call the preponderance of evidence. In a court of law, not in a, in a civil court, they don't go beyond a reasonable doubt because you could be there for years. Beyond a reasonable doubt, meaning you get all this information and then you make a decision where there's just a little bit of doubt, but there's still doubt. So you still have to make a decision even when there's doubt. But in a civil court, that's a regular criminal court, but in a civil court, you go with the preponderance of evidence, meaning you sit there and you weigh, well, you know, to the best of my ability, it looks like this is the best decision. You have to go by right brain intuition and body feel and connection to the spirituality divine and symbols and then left brain facts to make a correct decision. 
the preponderance of evidence. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. I'm sure you've met those people who go on and on and on looking more and more information and they can never make a decision. They have what I call decision paralysis because they have chronic anxiety and they have what you call, well, you know, you never know. That's right. You just never know. And they have problems with ambiguity. So we have to learn to live in a world that has infinite possibilities and infinite amount of information. And time keeps going on. This year, we just finished, I just finished the show with all of these lovely participants, the seven-day medical educational intuitive class. And I spent this whole new unit, it's a whole new class, on um, how to read signs. Because intuition doesn't come just from our body or our brain or our dreams. It comes from nature. And I help people look at signs, whether they come to us from animals, nature, dreams, and so so on. And our brains and our bodies are uniquely attuned depending on how we are shaped by our history, our genetics, tragedy, trauma, and so on and so on, talents and lack thereof. How do we make decisions based on the signs? In the advertisements for the show, there was a sign of this way went logic and this way went intuition. And they needn't be divergent like that. In fact, we travel with one brain that has both and a body. Um, we just have to have a fluidity and a flexibility to be able to go, what did that mean? Did that mean something? And look it up. And then look for another symbol and another symbol and collect them like daisies along the path of life. And a part of our brain, the frontal executive function, has flexibility to be able to moment by moment correct our course, how we're traveling based on new data like, oh, car accident recalculating route, recalculating route. So proceed on to this exit and go on route 2A. So you go on 2A and then all of a sudden you get a symbol, you get a sign. Oh my God, I have a stomach ache. And that may be that this is the wrong job for me and this is blah, 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 blah. I continue to get ulcers in this job. And so all of a sudden you start to think, hmm, my ulcers are telling me this may be the wrong job. And so your body and your brain says, hmm, recalculating root, recalculating root in the work environment, and so on and so on. I was doing a reading, knowing only someone's name and age, I describe something in their emotional life that I see aggravates their health. We all have stressors. Go to any doctor, physician, look up any journal. Uh, Various stressors in your life can increase our chance toward blood pressure, in addition to genes, in addition to eating too much salt, and so on. Same thing for a variety of cancers that we may genetically predisposed to or obesity and so on. There's a stress related to almost every illness, including responding to treatments for fractured bones and so on. Medical intuition itemizes the stress. Wouldn't you like to know what the stress is? So the doctor goes, well, you know, or the physician or the nurse or the acupuncturist, this is stress. So you go home and go, it's stress. Well, what kind of stress is it? Can I have it surgically removed? Is there a scan or a magnet can suck it out? We can do stress reduction. We might, you know, learn to do yoga. But if we don't learn how to identify the relationship, the job, the parental issue, the boredom, the lack of joy, then after we come back from yoga, whatever, we have the same problem. So the events in our life point us down the right or the wrong road. We have to just read the signs. So that's what this show is about. So there are a variety of them. So I was doing a reading recently, and um, there's, perhaps you've heard of him, his name is Jung. Jung and Freud um, were psychoanalysts. Actually, Freud was also a neurologist. 
Our dreams generate waves in our brain, the same waves that we have when we're awake. So the theory is, is that some of the brain state, or dare I say consciousness, that we experience when we dream is similar to when we're awake in that we try to solve problems, formulate, or make sense of what we experience during the day at night when we dream. That's the theory, at least. Certain peoples like Aborigines say that it's hard to know what reality is. Are we really living in dream? And right now, are we awake? I mean, are we asleep? So the, actually, you really don't know that because dreams fire on an EEG the same as if we were awake. But suffice it to say, the reason why I say that is you can analyze the symbols in dreams. And those same symbols occur around us when we're awake in nature. Like if a tree falls or that particular bird, there's whole um, people like Native American that certain animals have signify certain things or certain events that happen like a tree falling or an eclipse or something for centuries have symbolized certain things. Now you might say, oh, well, you know, it's man, woman, or anything between trying to make sense of one's inner life. In psychiatry, we have a Rorschach. You put an ink lot in front of someone. Now, this isn't a psychiatrist looking at someone and going, hmm, I'm going to tell you what you're thinking. That is ridiculous. What it is doing. The original Rorschach was correct. I don't know what people did with it afterwards. They put an ink block in front of you, and the original person was brilliant, said, what do you see and why? That's the most important thing. It's important is, what do you see around you? What do you see experience in your body and why? What is it telling you? Because it's like a, a GPS in your car that's telling you something about your life. So I'm doing a reading on this lady and the lady's saying that her whole problem, her whole life, her whole life, and why she stayed with this person she absolutely hated, absolutely hated for 40 years was due to her mother who never said she loved her. Okay? I didn't say anything. This is what she said. Now, that may be true, but at that precise moment, one of my cats came in with something I'd never seen before. I swear to you, it was bizarre. I live in a water, and there are herrings. Yes, herrings. The cat came in with an old, dead, reddish-brown herring. Now, if you've ever heard of the phrase, that's a red herring, <laughs> That means it's a false belief. It's it's a, a delusion. So when I saw this thing with this large beak in the cat in the kitchen, I went, "Oh dear God, what did the cat drag in?" Which is another phrase. And she went, "What?" And the lady was very skittish, very anxious person. Which you know that might be why she stayed with the person for forty years because you know the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. But. I brought my phone into the kitchen. I went, oh my God, you got to see this. This is amazing. It looks like a reddish brown hearing. And she goes, yes, it is. It looks like a reddish brown hearing. And she goes, what do you see and why? I see you ever heard of that phrase, that's a red hearing? She goes, yeah, it means that that's a misunderstanding of something. Right church, wrong pew. You're looking at the thing wrong. And she got it. And then at that moment, you know, it was gone. So there are whole books, um, animal cards that's based on Native American, where certain animals symbolize certain things. Native Americans make Zuni fetishes, which they carve animals that have symbolism, that give you certain kind of spiritual uh, protection. However, if you see one, it gives you a certain kind of uh, meaning of what's going on. 
And they also have symbolism of something else. The same thing Freud did when he looked at the symbolism of dreams. A house represents your body. I remember I used to have a dream repeatedly of the stairs, stairs, each stair falling down, bing, 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 bing. And every time I tried to walk on the stairs, they fall down. That was the time that one disc after another, after another, think of it, spine, disc, stairs, would fall, 10 of them in a row. It was horrifying. And then when they got fused, the dream went away. Frightening. So what's dreams to come to you? On the other hand, maybe you have a repetitive health problem that occurs during certain times of your life. I know a woman who only got vaginitis and an infection when her partner was having an affair. So I told her affectionately that that was her intuitive sign that she spoke, quote, because we all speak an intuitive language based on that area of our brain, our body or brain that has a problem. So I, I speak fluent spine. What do you speak? She spoke fluent vagina. So that's what I call a synchronicity. Many people think synchronicities mean Oh, I don't know. You're thinking about someone and they call you on the phone. That may be. Um, I got run over by a truck on the east on the west coast at 4.23 p.m. It was on, on the ticket because I got ticketed at the same pedestrian hit vehicle. My mother stood up at a horticultural meeting. It was in the notes at 7.23 p.m. on the east coast. At the time difference, they are precisely at the same time. Synchronistic? Or do people have a connection with each other? Is that intuition? So we need to learn what these symbols mean and be able to read them. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and this is Healthy Living with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm network. We're taking your calls, 207 846 Six four seven five two zero seven. No, excuse me. Two zero seven eight four six six four nine seven. Two zero seven eight four six six four nine seven. Temporarily during the show only. Do not call that number because there's nobody there when the show's not going on. Shy on a private reading. Please email me. Go to www.drmonalisa.com. www.drmonalisa.com. But and subscribe to this podcast to the Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, at Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. But remember, this forum is educational only and not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. If you have a problem, please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you're in an emergency, please put down this podcast. Step away from the podcast, call 911 and go to your nearest emergency room. So I put the phone back on the hook and I am available for questions. I'm seeing a lot of funny pictures here. Dawn's got the universe. Apparently it's sunny at night. Interesting. Bruce is over there. Susan's over there. Carol, smiling. Kathy, Gretchen's got a dog. And Maria does not have a picture of her. That's okay. I can handle it. How can I be of help? Anybody? Anybody want to know how their reading is why? For example, Dawn was in my class. Dawn, do you have your reading that you did in the class? Unmute yourself. There's a lot of complication over there. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, so she took off. She probably went out to get a beverage or something. There she is. Unmute yourself. I can't hear you. Why can't I hear you? Ask to unmute. Okay, I'm unmuted. Okay, good. So um, what was your reading like? I you taught, mean my drawing? Yes, I had everybody in the class. I made a draw. First of all, I tried to figure out how everybody was wired. Because I got yeah, I have my drawing. I can't figure it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I had a drawing specifically 
based on how everybody was wired. And then I took um, these rubber stamps and I added animals and stuff in and out of them, running in and out. And I said, um, basically, where are you? What's your home and what's your work? And explain it. I don't even know which one. I even remember which one yours is. Yours was a soccer field, wasn't it? Yep, you want muted yourself again. I'm going to shriek, and then it's going to get ugly. <laughs> she took off again. I think it has something to do with her reading. She has spontaneous mutism. There she goes. See? Cat got her tongue. Meow, meow. Okay, I got it. There you go. Okay. I, I can't get this filter off the back of my phone, I and I'm filter. on Zoom. On, here okay, it is. I, I could. Okay. Yeah. okay. Can't get it. I can't get the filter off. I'm so illiterate. Just on describe, Zoom. Anyway. describe it. Just describe what you did. And I don't understand the filter. I can't explain it to you, but um, I don't even know how to do a filter. But explain what you did because I can visualize. I know how I created your thing. There's yeah, a soccer field up there, right? Soccer field. Yeah. With eyes coming out of the right side of a goal, like two eyes, three fangs on the other side of the field. I have snakes coming up behind wait the wait back. Hold on one second. Make it slower. I know exactly how I did this. See, I remember it. So you should be able to. I mean, come on now. Let's get it together. So it's on my, I have it. I just can't get the filter off of me. Forget the filter. We don't need to. We can visualize it. Okay. I played a, a movie piece, tiny, with searching for Bobby Fisher. And I try to get people to image something. You don't need to see it to image it. There's a part of that movie where the kid is trying to learn how to be a genius. I'm taking this off. Can you call back in a second? We're doing a reading. That's <laughs> very rude. So he's trying to learn to be a genius intuitive. And clairvoyance, clairaudience is seeing inside, hearing inside, feeling inside. And so he's trying to imagine in. He's trying to imagine inside the moves and he can't see it. So he says, let me make it easy for you. So he takes the teacher and takes his arm and he runs it. I'm doing it in the middle of a reading. Can you call back in a few minutes, please? He takes the teacher, takes his arm and, and hits all the, the chess pieces and Teacher takes his arm and knocks all the chess pieces off the board. So there's nothing to see. So you cannot put your, you cannot put your um, diagram on the meeting board, which is great. I don't need to see it because I'm an intuitive. I'm showing you how you see something. So basically all the people who are listening to this, all you have to do is image a soccer field, okay? And you see goals on either end, correct? Correct. Right? Very good. See, this is the area, the brain for imagery, intuition. You have seeing out in the world, so you have inner imagery or clairvoyance. You hear things in the world, so you have inner, inner hearing, clairaudience. You feel things outside your body, so that's inner feeling, clairsentience. And then you, you see things out in age symbols. Then when you dream at night, the same symbols of dream, dreaming. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. You can perceive something empathically. That's why I don't like people to say, I'm an empath. She's an empath. This is so multimodal. It's not even funny. It doesn't mean anything. It's like, what are we having tonight for, for dinner? Food. You can feel something going on in someone else's body. You can feel their pain in your head. Or you can feel their heartache. That's that is medical intuition. You don't know if it's heart, your heartache or their heartache. And that's uh, actually, it's mirror neurons in areas, uh, uh, I can't remember the area right now, but it's posterior parietal lobe. Uh, um, at, but anyway, my point is I'll remember it in a second because it's like I'm baggage claim. I'll spit it out like I have Tourette syndrome. But suffice it to say, back to the soccer field. 
So we have two goals and for intensive purposes, we'll put something in the middle because when I was supposed to be getting a car to go to the airport, I was watching Portugal versus the United States live, which I thought was incredible. It was zero, 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 zero. Nobody scored anything, but I'm telling you right now, Portugal was amazing. They just flung the ball and I'm like, oh my God, they passed it like ring ricochet rabbits. We need to pick up the tempo. Okay, so tell me where the eyeballs were. The eyeballs were where and what's side? Right, left, upper, lower. The um, at the soccer field on one side of the soccer field to the if you're facing out from the goal to the right. To the right, they're looking to the right, and there's a hippo sticking off of the soccer field to the left. Okay, okay. So you remember also. Is there a feng shui diagram somewhere on that page? No. No. Okay, that's not a problem. So I also taught that sometimes people have symbolism about what's going on by a feng shui diagram, where they put a grid on something. That's another way that some people do it, because some people are good at design. They're like, they go in your house and go, what is going on in that corner? There's a tangle of, um, a tangle of wires there. And it looks like a cat threw up a hairball. It's something wrong over there. It looks like, you know, that's the murder scene. And if you remember, there was a guy in the class who was a, um, he intuitively picked up juries for, um, you know, trials. Right. So you remember I gave him on his paper? I gave him a crime scene diagram, a professional crime scene diagram that police people use. He loved it. Oh. He used it for his family. It was cool. I'm sitting there going, finally. I, I got something that would help that guy because he was so analytical. It was, it was unbelievable. And he got he just lit up like a Roman candle. But back to your thing. So there were fangs. There were fangs where you didn't you left out the fangs this time, which I think is interesting. The fangs are on the fangs are on the other side of the field, and there's three of them going across the field, left to right or right to left. Right to left. There's Up three. Right. Yeah, they're like midfield, just past midfield. Two higher on the sides and one towards the goal. Okay. So you have three elements. You have a rhinoceros on the left. You have a two hippo. Eyeballs. Okay. Hippo, rhinoceros. Okay. A hippo. Very good. A hippo on the left, two eyeballs on the right, and some ants, did you say? And ants coming out of the middle of the field, going off of the field. To the right or the left? They're going, uh, they're underneath the hippo. Wow. Okay. What did it remind you of? Anything? The ants? The when uh, teams go off of the field. Okay, listen, Missy. Get off of the, <laughs> Bruce is laughing. Hey, stop it. Could it be your turn next, Poppy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, enough. I have an equal opportunity abuser here, okay? Don't laugh at her. I want you to get off of the dime of it being a soccer field, okay? This isn't about soccer. Freud I said, wonder that. I, I know, but well, then why? I know, because it is a soccer field. This is something about symbolism. It reminds me of what you see and why, okay? So do you remember an old Charlie Brown comic strip. He looks up at, and Linus is looking up and they both look up at the clouds. And I think Linus says, uh, Charlie Brown says to Linus, what do you see? And he says, I think I see the temples of Mesopotamia. I think I see King David doing the proclamation. And Linus says to Charlie Brown, what do you see? And he says, I think I see a puppy and a kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. It's very funny. They didn't, neither one of them said, I see clouds in the sky. Which reminds you of that lady who sang that song. I don't know clouds at all. What's her name? Hmm. I don't know that song. Yeah, you do. I don't know clouds at all. Hmm. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Ah, uh, there he is. So can She's you Judy Collins. Coming for you. Whoever, okay? Julie Collins, Joni Mitchell, whatever it is, it took me 3,000 years to understand what that song was. And the other one was about clowns. And apparently, she's so deep 
I'm sitting there going, I don't understand it. I really don't understand about the clowns and the clouds. And neither does she. She said, I don't think I know clouds at all. If someone can tell me what the clouds mean, I think it means delusion. She's confused. She doesn't understand what's going on. But either that, the point of the matter is, she's not talking about um, the weather. (laughs) She's not talking about being a meteorologist. And this is not about sports and soccer field maintenance. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. It's not about a cross between a zoo and a soccer team. Right. If you would, I know you knew that. You're just being coy. And Bruce just wanted to make fun of people because that's the way Bruce is. He's a little <laughs> torture thing, a little sadist over there. Okay. We'll get to him in a second, another, another time. However, maybe today, in fact, maybe we'll just give him a soccer field and have him do stuff. While we're at it, okay, Bruce. Bruce, you can't say Bruce's name with a lisp. Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, I want you to draw a square, make it a soccer field, okay? I want you to put somewhere in the field a hippopotamus, somewhere in the field a pair of eyeballs, and then somewhere in the field some ants. We'll be back to you in a second, Chet. Okay, now, Dawn, when you look at it, what is it, what does it remind you of anything significant? Are you we're going back to the ants or the whole field or every? <laughs> Let me give you an example. Okay, can I give you an example? Sure. In another class, this is why this particular year was difficult. So then I would have to play a song. Like I played um and I have an ASCAP license, incidentally, so that I can play music. I pay a fee every year, FYI, so that if anybody goes, she plays music and she doesn't play a license. Yes, I do. So the artists get music. So I play Johnny Carson, uh, Johnny Carson, Johnny Cash, Folsom Prison. And it talks about how he's in prison and he sees the train and he hears the train going on. And it means I found, figured out for the first time, or at least for me, it means because I couldn't go anywhere because I broke a rod in my back. So I'm stuck in the chair. And oh my God, that's such a symbolism because I couldn't go to Disney World either. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. And I hear the train going on. Woo! Dear God in heaven, I don't like it. So that's why that song means so much is that all of us, if we if we hear something, we have music intuition. You have to listen to that song that comes on the radio and keeps going in our head and in our head in her head. For me, Folsom Prison kept going in my head because for me right now, I'm stuck in Folsom Prison and all these other people are on the train keep going on, but I can't move forward because I'm stuck. So that song means some people. Yeah, now we're back to the soccer field with the hippopotamus, okay? See how I'm coming back to you? I did it with me. You have intuitive foresightedness. It's easy for you to see it with me. You you targeted that. Well, you know, that's obvious. You obviously had a back problem. You couldn't walk like anything there. You saw that. You helped me take my tent down. So now that we look, because I can see it very clearly, what's going on with you. Another one, so I can make it easy for you because you can see it in other people, but you can't see it yourself, is a lady. I had people draw stuff because I give them what I call them energy application devices. This is another way of doing it. Maybe you can't do it if a drawing is presented to you. Maybe you have to have crayons. I call them energy application devices because I'm funny that way. And I just have them draw something, anything. That's based on the book by Bernie Siegel, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, where when he dealt with cancer patients, he had them just draw something. And he could tell by what they drew how they would respond to chemotherapy. It's extremely cool. 
Very, very cool. It was amazing. The pictures in that book. So people were drawing something. So this one woman drew this picture. It was kind of abstract, but not really when you look at it. It was like, it looked like a house. And the roof was this red flames. And it looked like people jumping out of, of the top of the house. And I showed it to Sarah and Sarah looked at me and Sarah is so polite because she's from the South and people from the South are polite. And I'm from the North and I'm Latina. So or at least from Rhode Island, Northern Latina. So that's like, you know, verbal dia, um, verbal incontinence. So I'm like, oh my God, do you see that? And the lady goes, what? I said, what was life growing up in your house? And she said, it was a lovely childhood. <laughs> she just, she says, with no emotion. So she's completely in your left brain. I said, really? She said, yes, it was a lovely childhood. Really? Yeah. I said, um, who'd you grow up with? Well, I had three sisters who were all very lovely. And a mother and a father. Everything was fun, lovely, fun, lovely. There was a lot of lovely and funs. I said, um, look at this house. She said, oh, now I look at it. I can see the house. I said, what do you make of the roof? She looks like someone's falling out of it. She goes, oh, now I, I, she said, I remember something. Everything was wonderful until one of my sisters, I can't hardly say it. Everything was wonderful until one of my sisters committed suicide. <laughs> she just burst into tears. I'm like, oh my God. See, you don't really realize that until you draw something and it comes out of you because, you know, we repress these things. Are you following me? So maybe we don't want to go into the soccer team. Let me ask you a question. If you looked at the soccer field, who would be you? I had me, uh, well... I feel like I'm in all this this whole thing. No, 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 no. Don't do that. that, that, that. That's not going to help. I had me at the eyes. Thank you. I have no more questions. Okay, so you are the eyes because I is I. That's helpful. So, right? So, I is I and you can see. And seeing is the goal because you're on the goal. Capiche? Right, yep. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just, we're just doing this, you know. Okay, so you're on the right side and you're in a yep. position to see. And that's your goal. Got it? Yeah. And you have distance. So by getting distance, you can get clarity and vision. Got it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, Got now. It. Now then, you are apparently distant from someone who's a hippo. You don't have to say who that is, but when you describe a hippo, what kind of animal would you say a hippo is? Now, we can love hippos. It's not that you say, I hate hippos. I mean, I kept quoting uh, a line from that French Kiss movie, which I love that movie because I would only quote movies that I love. You people make my ass twitch. Which she would say that against French people, but she loved them. She ended up falling in love with a French guy and living there forever on a vineyard. But so it's obviously, if it's in your field, what do you do for a living? Rolfing. There you go. That's your field, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. Never thought about that before. Anyway, someone looms large, okay? Could have been someone who taught you. Could be a colleague, someone in your field. But somehow, they're big. Are you following me? Uh-huh. Okay. And then there are a bunch of other little people, little ants. Mm-hmm. Are you following me? Yep. Am I making any sense to you? Yeah. See how quickly you said yes? Where before you were like, hey, you understand how quickly you were? 
So you are gaining perspective about your career because you're at a distance on in the goal. You have a goal of gaining perspective because you're distancing yourself from someone big in the field. So you're becoming different. You're doing something different by mm-hmm. distancing yourself. Um, and the other people who are more similar to you are more of an annoyance. Do you get it? Yeah. So if you're thinking of changing your career or or adapting it, understand that you may be still in the same field, but understand that it's a big field and there are aspects of it that are different. So you may be in Rolfing, but right church, different pew. Do you understand? Yeah. So. If you have a lot of irritating interactions with some people, either who you work with or in that field or you're studying with, understand that you're just annoyances and distractions. Do you understand? Yeah. See how your voice softened? Mm-hmm. That means that's a tell. That's pay dirt. Where before you were like, it's a soccer field. That's defensiveness. Right. See how you did it again? Yeah. It's like, a, it's like <laughs> you're driving a Maserati. Do you get it? Those are tells. Now, when I say tell, it's like playing poker. Poker has signs. That's what, you know, Lady Gaga, poker face. Those are all signs. <laughs> But we can have that, you know, all the time in different ways Um, in our house. I mean, so many things keep happening in my garage. I don't understand. I think it's going to go up like a um, Roman candle. I have no idea what's going to happen there, but something. In fact, I'm going to call the gas company, oil, propane. I'm going to go, hey, listen to the story. Some people say there's oil in the tank. Other people don't. There's a healthy amount on the floor. So I don't know. One person says they're going to remove it. The other person doesn't. So I don't know. But if you don't write right by me, usually something happens to people. Capiche? (laughs) And it won't be me because there's lots of accidents happening in that garage and it's not by my hand. But I think I'm going to take my car out of there and my valuables. But I won't have to light anything because disasters seem to happen there already too. So I don't think I even have to do anything. But if you're at all connected and you're not going to do right by me, it's going to be in the news. <laughs> you don't want to be on the B-roll, do you? So fix it, please. <laughs> That's reading the signs. You understand two accidents in a row. We all know what strike three means in our society. If we were in Korea, I don't think it means anything. North or South, but maybe I'm wrong. Did they play baseball there? Or is that Japan? I don't know. Anyway, signs differ depending on people and societies. Do you get it now? But you obviously are concerned about your career. Are you changing your career in some way or adapting it? Uh, It's shifting as we speak. Okay, shifting as we speak. We understand that. So I went from soccer field to my field. Right. That's an example of when you have a dream. Sometimes you don't understand what the hell it means. And when you tell it, when you take your right brain dream, and you bring it across to your left brain. You still say it, you write it down, you don't know what it means. The very act of telling it to somebody else, something shifts in you. Did you get it? Yeah. Anybody else? Not Bruce. Anybody else? <laughs> anybody else? That's kind of how you read signs. You could have had that by ants crossing. You could have had um, a field and a fire, um, a brush fire occur in the field across your lawn. All kinds of problems could occur in the fields across the street. There are a variety of symbols that can occur to you. Or you could have had a dream about that. Or a medical intuition, you could have had chronic digestive problems or weight problems. That's a symbol of something's a problem with my work. Do you get it? These are all signs of that. Hmm. 
You have to read the signs. That's synchronicity. Or someone comes up to you and says, by the way, you are very gifted at what you do. And I had a teacher who taught this, who had all your ability, but they went into this field. Do you ever think about doing that? That's synchronicity. You're thinking, I just was thinking just that way, but isn't that a coincidence? Coincidences, synchronicities are the same thing. They're intuition. Right. So that's what today's show is about. People Can I ask think, a question? Can you hear me? I don't know where you are. You don't know where I am. Oh, yeah, you have to raise your hand. Kathy. Kath oh. You don't your name is not labeled. Kathy. Oh, yes. Kathy. Right yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can't find the hand. I know. I don't need the hand, but I'm seeing only your glasses <laughs> and your forehead. So I know. I, I know. I'm trying to fix my camera. I there. see it. There you go. I see it. See it? Yes, see but it? that means you have to hop. Just, you know, you do, just <laughs> I'm hopping. I'm, I'm definitely hopping. Forward. How can I be of help? So is like a injury to something that you use in your job. Like I need my hands, for instance, in my job. And I have this like Classic. really bad bad infected cuticle and it never heals and okay first of all i've tried like absolutely everything how long have you had it three three years three yeah. years yes yes i mean it's you know it's chronic it just sits there and it first gets of all, little, it gets a little better then it stops and gets worse again and it all it all started from when i whacked it on a shelf okay and listen I, to me listen to me Sometimes Freud says a cigar is a cigar, but I will tell you, it's been told by me before, I spent $275,000 in student loans oh, to go into behavioral neurology. I yeah, am sure you do. And um, two weeks before the match in neurology, I woke up and couldn't feel these two fingers. And that was, I had blown two discs and it was a series of discs, domino. That was the house with the stairs that were falling. Mm. Mm -hmm. So basically, neurology was out. I went into psychiatry because you could sit down. And after a year and a half, it wasn't brainy yeah. enough for me. So I applied and I got in again to neurology. I was going to do neurology and psychiatry because nothing succeeds like excess with me. MD and PhD pretty much proves that. However, finishing up that year, I was on call and I sneezed, just sneezed. And I lost my foot. So much that after that, I thought that sneezing caused it, but it didn't. And I, and so I ended up having one disc left between two fusions. And it was like, God spoke, no neurology for you. So I had to finish psychiatry. And I ended up doing, um, having two very completely career careers, two very complete businesses. One was as a physician and one was medical and educational intuition where I taught people these this language in your body. And you know I had a consent form that this is not a physician-patient relationship. I'm not giving you a diagnosis, prescribing treatment, or doing psychotherapy. Different phone numbers, different tax IDs, different PO boxes. I mean, separate, 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 separate. Now I'm retired, so I don't, I'm not, don't have an active physician practice. And that was yeah. an example of how I was convinced that that was going to be the career for me, but you know, God spoke no neurology for you. It's like Seinfeld, no soup for you, soup Nazi. <laughs> so um, I can't tell you, but I can say what, without being too revelatory about you, what do you do for a living? I work in the restaurant business. I work behind a bar. Okay. <laughs> the bar okay so that's an example. That's a perfect example. So that involves water. And that involves infections. Unless you, okay, you could wear gloves all the time, but gloves create an, uh, a damp, moist, yep. infected yep. environment. So therefore, you know, one wonders whether, well, you're supposed to be using something above your hands, which would be, of course, your head. I know. Oh mean, my gosh. Wait a minute, okay. wait a minute. Okay, then yeah. that doesn't mean that bartenders my don't head, use their head. My head, wait, my head. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Head is, is... I know that bartenders and um, hairstylists yeah. and other people like that are 
I like therapists and very intuitive yeah. because I will tell you right now, that's what they do. They sit there and they can tell you everything about those people. You'll ask them, uh, did you know that? Oh, yes, that person is married. They have two children. That child has leukemia, blah, blah, blah. They know absolutely everyone and they can keep them completely sorted out. Yeah. So let us just be very clear. It's not about a gin and tonic on the rocks. In fact, I used to say, I'll have a stiff Diet Coke on the rocks or I'll have a nice, uh, you know, whatever. I just, as I don't drink. Oh, I have a pine tree float. What's a pine tree float? A what? Pine tree float. I have no idea. What is that? It's a toothpick and a glass of water. You know, you're not very good. <laughs> Anyway, uh, my point is this a joke for those in a glass of water. Pine tree what? Pine tree float. My point oh, is that you're not long enough in that career anyway to be able to I'm use not. a ridiculous situation. Um but I mean, like I almost like sliced off my other nail on my other on the same all, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's all you need to know. That's all you when need I to got, know. Because like, it's really stressed out. No, Sorry. listen to me. Listen to me. So it's yeah. clear. How far did you go in school? I went, I got a bachelor's and it went really well. And then when, as soon as I graduated, everything just went to hell in a hand. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on one second. We have like four everything. nothing like putting pressure on me. It's always the thing in the last oh, thing that comes out of the mom. But don't apologize. Mm. So you understand that it's a very classic reading. The thing is, as you say, I did a BA and then everything. No, it didn't. Because the fact remains is there was problems in a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe. And oh, secure. yeah. You're right. Right. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Safe sorry. And secure. Don't say. And so you're having problems in a family. You go to school. You're doing very well. And then, boom, something goes wrong in a family. Families like yours, they're either dependents or the people the dependent people rely on or the co-dependent, which was a buzzword in the 80s, and we don't use that anymore. We just talk about the people who bail them out and then deep six their own lives. So you have these people who are very frustrated, very angry, independent, and there you go starting to lift off. And what do you do? Yep. You don't lift yep. off after school. You go back to the gate yep. at the airport. And How the do you know that? Twitter, hey, that. what do you do? You're a bartender. You know everything that goes on at that bar. I've watched you people, and you've watched me. Like, I don't know that you've watched people like me. You know everything. You know you're not feeling very good, are you? I can tell by your face. Are you in pain? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah. I told you, like, that's because... And I tell you, no, no, listen to me. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Listen, stay in your lane. Okay. Because don't don't do that. My point is, is this. Listen to me. You're so keyed into the pain and the anger of somebody in your family, a couple of people, that it was absolutely out of the question. You could not focus on your own life, move away, and do a higher career. You had to stay present to babysit and keep people out of each other's way. And as a result, you can intuitively key in when they're starting to have problems or fights. So don't tell me that you can't pick out problems. And what do people do at bars? They preempt when someone's about to escalate and cut them off from drinking or throw them out. Or there's going to be a problem. You have to call 911 and get them out of there. So you have to know intuitively, because I know to cut someone off is a big problem. And to throw them out is a big problem. So you have to know intuitively when to do that. Yeah, I try to I try to get ahead of that train as much as possible. Ahead of that train is intuition. Yeah. So yeah. my point is you got off the train, you preempted the train after college. You decided I can't use my potential. I've got to stay near the home base because yep. they need me. And as a result, like Maria and the Sounds of Music, you stayed in the Abbey. Who are the people? How old are they now? And how do they still need you? Well, they all died. It's all oh, three. Perfect. That's all. So your hands are saying they really all went up. 
they're all die. They no yeah, longer need you. So right. part of the reason why you fell into that trap is you're a little nervous. You're anxious anyway. So you have to get someone to help you with your general anxiety. That could be Bruce over there who's sneezing. Okay. Who can help you <laughs> with your anxiety? Cause it was just easier for you to stay near home and yes. be the one, the targeted person to do that. Yeah. By the way, alcohol is an anti-anxiety. <laughs> and it's also, I just want it's to also, it's also an analgesic. I, of course it is. It's also <laughs> a sugar and a fat. And so that's why um, Native Americans tend toward diabetes and alcoholism. Mm -hmm. So if you drew it, it's a six carbon sugar and it has a bunch of alcohol groups, OH groups off the end of it. I looked at it and I went, son of a gun. So my point is, once you get to your 40s, how old are you? Oh, I'm way past 40. Once you get past your 40s, <laughs> it's not good because it messes up your liver metabolism, estrogens and fats. Yeah. So then yeah. that would go toward your breasts and you would then stop nurturing people and start using all of your gifts, talents, and skills. Otherwise, you'd be in breast land problems. So because you spent your life being a breast on a stick. I, yes, yes. And how it? do I get away from that? What what you get alcohol? someone who's a coach or counselor on how to oh. learn how to mediate okay. Okay. your anxiety. Okay. Which you do by taking care of people and being of service and staying home side, state side. And then at the same time, going and getting some classes, which you're nervous about now, you're a little phobic because what's happening is now, I would listen to the song um, Moon Shadow. If I ever lost my hands, I wouldn't be able to work no more. Pat Stevens. Yeah, that's the song. I actually, it's memorialized for me. If I don't have to, if I ever lose my hands, which happened during the first um, disc issue, I wouldn't have to work no more, but I did. I just didn't do that work. If I ever lose my feet, I won't have to walk no more. I did, but I didn't walk in that field. If I ever lose my eyes, if my other colors run dry, if, you know, in that part, I did. I died in the OR, but I woke up and I came back to life. So all of us have these issues where we lose something. Our body lets us know, recalculating root, recalculating root, recalculating root, and we always have to grow a new path in our brain. That's plasticity. It's a, it's a series of changes that you lose something, you sprout new pathway and get a new route of doing something new in your life. So yes, you're losing. If it's not a hangnail here, it's a finger there. And if yeah. I were you, I'd run quickly and do something because that's strike two. You don't want to slice a finger off and go, this is my, this finger here is a symbol. Well, this finger not here is a symbol that, you know, I should have left earlier. And now I'm missing a half of a. Well, I have, I have to keep working. I have to keep working for a little bit longer. Can I tell you something? Listen Just a to little me bit, a little bit. Okay. You know what? That is spoken like a true phobic. Get a counselor coach now. Look at Bruce's face. Look at the face because you <laughs> will avoid and think. That I need to do it a little longer. It's been going on for years. You have yeah. two fingers involved. And yeah. you're saying to yourself, it's okay. I have eight more. Yeah. You have eight <laughs> more, right? That's right. I do. Yeah. Yes. But you understand, I actually lost all fingers and all my in my hands. I couldn't use my hands anymore. I oh. just no, it's true. I used my lost my fingers this neck thing a year and a half ago. So what I do <gasps> is I just use my hands, rubrospinal track on the neck, like mitts. I would look at my cats and go, so that's what it's like not to have opposable thumbs. And they fixed it and I got them back. But I'm warning you, you're fooling around because you're you have like, I have to work. I didn't say quit right away, but I did say, when you stay in control and you keep it, the control all in you, right brain and body, and you don't get outside input. A person who lives through feelings and intuition alone is folly. You have oh, to have for sure. outside for sure. Madness, borderline madness. Insight is associated with acquiring information and a change of behavior. 
You may have know this, but you're going to get a counselor, a strong coach who's slightly annoying like me, who says, move. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I have been of some help. My yeah. name is Dr. Mona Lisa. You. you people have been wonderful. Live well. Be brilliant. Have a great day. I'll see you next week. Actually, the week after. Have a great day. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.